So today we are going to talk about an ultimate makeover. Has anybody ever wanted a makeover? Well, we're going to talk about that today. So there's only seven or eight, depending on when you open presents, shopping days left till Christmas. Is everybody done? I'm not. But I got time yet. So are you all ready for Christmas? Are you excited about Christmas? Okay. Or does Christmas cause you stress and anxiety? Okay. Well, let's be honest. Christmas is basically already here, right? Music's been playing for weeks. Trees and lights have been up for weeks already. Decorations have been up. You may have already been to a work or family Christmas gathering or party already. Or maybe you're still working on plans to figure out whose house you're going to celebrate it at. And that never causes any stress or anxiety, right? Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys don't have those issues. But for every, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, don't clap yet. For every one of those celebrations, there can be a, I'll have a blue Christmas without... White Christmas, blue Christmas. The blue Christmas can happen because there could be a battered and bruised heart, which really comes up this time of year. You know, it may not be sugar plums and gumdrops for everybody this time of year. Maybe you have a broken heart. You know, yours may have come because of a a breakup or a divorce. Your heart may be wounded because of cruel words from your child, from your parents, maybe your friends or boss. You may be broken because you lost your job or you dread your job because it just symbolizes what you really want to do, which isn't that job. Maybe your heart is broken because you feel like nothing seems to be going my way right now. Does anybody ever feel that way? Maybe your heart is broken because you feel rejected or because you've lost lost someone you love so much. And this time of year really reminds you of that person. You know, sometimes our thoughts and our feelings in our head tell us that God is against us. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to feel, especially this time of year. He wants us to think that our life is a waste. You know, how could God... Love somebody like you. You're a sinner. There's no way God could forgive all of my sins. So wouldn't you all agree that we are in need of a makeover? And that's exactly the picture we're going to get here from the text we're going to read here in Isaiah chapter 61 as we continue to look at these prophecies from Isaiah that are leading us up to Christmas. And this one is in Isaiah Chapter 61, so here's the first two verses. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, 
and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So what we got here is the person saying this is the Messiah. And Messiah, by the way, it means anointed one. In Hebrew, the Messiah means anointed one. And the equivalent in the Greek is Christ. You've probably heard that before, right? Christ also means anointed one. And so in the Old Testament, when somebody was going to be in a position, was anointed or was going to be in a, a special position, they would have oil dumped over their heads to signify that they were anointed. So we can see some of these for specific reasons. God anointed Aaron. Aaron, Moses' brother, was the first high priest for the tabernacle. Aaron was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies. And so he was anointed with oil. Fast forward to King David, the, the greatest king of Israel. Samuel, the prophet of God, anointed David as God's chosen one to be the king and to lead his people. And of course, from the line of David, we are told in all of the Old Testament that the Messiah would come from the line of David. In fact, David was even told that there's somebody coming in your line that's going to be much greater than you and his kingdom's going to last forever. And so that's why the Old Testament talks about the Messiah. Because at that time, they didn't know who it was going to be yet. We know it was Jesus. But that's what it was all about. And so now, we look at Jesus. Remember when he was baptized in the Jordan River? He had John the Baptist baptize him. What came down on him? It was a dove. It was the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord descended upon him. God the Father announced, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. You notice all three persons are present at Jesus' baptism, Father, Son, and Spirit. You look at other things in, uh, in Jesus' life. When he started his ministry, after he was baptized, that really began Jesus' ministry. After he was baptized, he went into the desert, was tempted for 40 days by Satan, and then he went and started his ministry. He went to his hometown in Nazareth. And he went to the synagogue. We had the opportunity when we were in Israel to go stand in that synagogue where Jesus would have came. He opened up a scroll, and you want to know what he read? Well, follow along up on the screen. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and, he was, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read, and a scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Does this sound familiar? And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat back down. 
in the eyes of everybody in the synagogue were looking at him. They were fixed on him. And Jesus began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mic drop by Jesus. And they were all joyous and accepted Jesus, didn't they? No, they thought he was crazy and wanted to take him and throw him off the cliff. That's how Jesus began his ministry. But Jesus is showing us, this is an amazing crimson thread moment here, that he is saying the exact words that were here in Isaiah 61, written 700 years or so before. Jesus is fulfilling scripture. So let's go on here in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So what we're getting here, you know how on those make makeover shows, whether it's people or houses or whatever, there's always a before picture and an after picture, right? So the before picture we're getting here is one of ashes and sackcloth. That's what we were wearing. And so this was a custom in the Old Testament Bible times that when they were mourning death, they would put, dump ashes on themselves like this guy is dumping ashes on his head. And the other guy's wearing their sackcloth. And they would wear sackcloth to symbolize the mourning of a death. And this sackcloth wasn't exactly comfortable. It was made out of goat hair, which was woven together. And this is what they wear. It, one of the famous people that wore this outfit was Job. Remember how Job had everything taken away from him? And he sat in ashes and sackcloth. This is the before picture we're getting here from Isaiah. This is us. It's as if we were dressed for a funeral. You know, we grieve over our sins and the sin in this world. We mourn the death and loss of loved ones. It saddens us just to look around and see everything falling apart in this world. Watching the news is depressing. Just read about an elementary school in Tennessee who's going to have an after-school Satan club. The sinfulness of the world and our own weighs us down and we mourn over the wear and tear that just living in this world has upon us. Merry Christmas, everyone! Am I right? But, you know I like to talk about the buts. But, we receive a makeover. And that's what Isaiah is talking about here. We receive a brand new outfit. We went from that picture of wearing ashes and sackcloth and being miserable and in despair to Isaiah says wearing a beautiful headdress we're adorned with costly oil and decked out in fancy garments our funeral attire 
has been replaced with the best outfit possible to go to a wedding celebration. Isn't that cool? You know, this makeover that we've been given is free of charge to us. It doesn't cost. We don't have to go out and buy this outfit. It was given to us freely, the after picture. You see the broken man there and Jesus putting on a white robe onto this guy. It comes free to us because of Jesus. But you know what? It wasn't free to God. It cost the life of his son Jesus who died on that cross so we can wear this brand new outfit. It cost Jesus those lashings he got with the whip that left stripes of red on his back. It cost him everything. It cost us nothing. He went through that so he could give us that gift, that brand new outfit free of charge. Let's go on here. Now that we have this brand new outfit, verses 10 and 11, Isaiah chapter 61. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels for as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations and so that bleak picture before of us in ashes and sackcloth Now that we're wearing this brand new outfit ready to go to the wedding celebration. By the way, the wedding celebration is throughout scripture. It's one of those crimson threads that ties scripture together. Because in Revelation we see how the bridegroom Jesus comes and takes us up to heaven to be with him forever. And we're wearing these beautiful white robes of righteousness. So what what do you usually do when you go to the reception after the wedding? We get down boogie and party because of the free makeover we've been given, right? This is what Christmas is all about. This is where the Merry and Merry Christmas comes from. This is what all of our Christmas celebrations should be about. They should be joyous. Even if we're down and in the dumps, we know that Jesus has covered us with that white robe of righteousness. That's why we hand out those white claws at baptisms to symbolize that white robe of righteousness that we wear because Jesus died on that cross to wash us clean. Jesus is the reason for the season. So that's why we are, should be full of joy, hope, and peace like the candles on the Advent wreath during our Christmas celebrations because of what Jesus did for us. You know, there may be eight shopping days left, but God has already given us 
a gift. And I'm here to tell you that this, his son who came and died on the cross, was the best gift any of us could ever receive this Christmas or any Christmas. And that gift was wrapped in a manger. Amen.